You're listening to Father Figuring, the podcast about a daughter on the quest of figuring out her father, the good, the bad, and everything in between. This is your host, Katherine Cat Carter. Now let's get to figuring. Hi, everyone. Uh, this is Katherine Carter. I also go by Cat, and... Thank you, thank you, thank you for pressing play. Like, if you're listening, even though we're only, like, less than a minute in, like, you the best, like, you the best, like, thank you. I see you. I see you. Um, but, yeah, in this episode, you're going to get, it's kind of like a baseline, you know. I just want to let you all know about father figuring, what is it, what to expect, who we are, and... Um, kind of just like why we're doing this podcast as a really high level quick overview that we'll talk about more in the episode and episodes to come. Um, my father and I have had a very strained relationship. Um, my dad and mom divorced when I was like 45 days old or I guess like they broke and maybe started the divorce. I don't know the exact technicalities, but I keep hearing 45 days. So it was like 45 days. So pretty disruptive in my life. And so with that said, like he lived in a different city. He would visit. But, you know, it's really hard to just like build a relationship off of visits. And then I just was really resentful to him um, just because, you know, I'm team mommy all the way. And it's just like you left. So anyway, I had a lot of resentment and just a lot of heaviness that I didn't really knew I was carrying until like that heaviness got removed as of last year. Um, so yeah, last year was 2019, even though it was like a cray cray year. One of the great bright spots was that I got into a place or a space where I could kind of forgive, I, I could forgive him and I could see my dad as a human and we just started talking and like kicking it and it was just like oh you right you know you ain't you ain't that bad uh <laughs> you're not that bad so um with that it kind of just spurred all of this and like this idea etc so I'm just really excited about the podcast and it's really just meant for me and him to really like well there's a lot of reasons and all those reasons will come up in the episode so let me not get too chatty because I kind of just want y'all to dive into the to the conversation uh, but a few housekeeping notes that I just want to just discuss before you go in so the first one is um you will hear you will hear me rather um, be referred to as Kathy. If you see me on the street, don't call me no damn Kathy. Okay, that is a term that my family uses for me, and I do not allow anyone else to call me Kathy. It's just not my spirit. So you can call me Catherine, you can call me Cat, you can even call me Kitty after dark, but don't call me no Kathy. Second note, okay. Um, as common in discussions with uh, you know more of our senior citizens which Will Carter is a senior citizen as I remind him in this episode um, you know expect a little light racism and just note that the views of our senior citizen Will Carter does not reflect the views of millennial Catherine Carter so please you know, just note that and, and know that I check him after. I didn't check him as much as I should have checked him on this episode, but, you know, I've checked him. And then 
I, I'd say lastly, um, there might be a couple times where you hear like a thug tear that's just kind of wanting to just thug it out and just fall out the eye um, of one of us. And you don't, it doesn't, it doesn't quite go out. So just expect like a few like moments where it's just like, oh, damn, is he crying? Um, he didn't, but it does get emotional at some point. So maybe that just made it more exciting for you to hear. So tune in. Join us on this conversation. Grab a drink. And yeah, be sure to subscribe, all that, tell a friend and enjoy. Well, if you enjoy it, then, you know, do all that. Um, so, yeah, stay tuned. Record. Okay. okay. There you go. Okay. Now we're recording. All right. Now we're recording. Okay. Hi, everyone. This is Catherine Carter, and welcome to the very first episode of Father Figuring. It's a podcast where I talk with my dad um, over a drink with the goal of figuring him out and um, hopefully better understanding myself um, along in the process. So I am joined with my dad, Will Carter. Will, say hello to the people. Hello, everyone. <laughs> did I call you Will or did I call you dad? You call me Will, but that's fine. I mean, they, they need to know that my name is Will Carter. Yeah, not, that's not, true. I remember. Dad Carter. <laughs> That's true. I remember when I was a kid, I called you Will once and you were not having it. You were very upset with me. I don't know. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, so my, so I don't know if what the cadence will be, if it'll be every week, but um, we'll figure that along as we go along. But um, my dad will be my co-host slash my interrogation subject, <laughs> uh, my advisor and partner in crime in this podcast. And um, for most of the episodes, I think maybe a couple we'll have with other people, but this'll be, this'll be it. Um, so during this episode, I think we're, since it's our first episode, we really want to talk about like who we are and the journey for us to getting here because it's been like a 30-year journey for us to be at this point. Um, so just kind of giving an overview of that. And then just like why we're doing it. And um, I know I have my reasons of why I'm doing it and what I'm hoping to get out of it. And then I want to know from you, um, like why you decided to do it, why you said yes, and like what you're hoping to get out of it. Um, so to start every episode on a good fun note, we're going to have a little libation so what are you uh what are you sipping on over there, Father? Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a um uh just a, a regular ordinary scotch um pinch. Maybe I shouldn't give the manufacturer that's advertising, isn't it? Anyway, it's it's neat and um I just thought I would uh, at your recommendation, of course, <laughs> that uh, I would try this once with uh, with a little um, uh, libation, uh, <laughs> and we'll see how it goes from there. Of course, now if the the quality of the record goes down as we yeah. sip on this, we'll we'll have to we'll have to come up with a different strategy. We will. We won't yeah. not. Yeah. We won't slur our words. That we say. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so scotch. That is your. That's your like liquor of choice, right? Oh it, yeah, it is. 
Mm-hmm. And and for those who are interested in what I'm sipping on, um, I'm drinking. I'll, I'll 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 go ahead and say the brand because you know what? One day we're going to get advertising dollars for this. Uh, <laughs> I'm drinking Bullet Bourbon, neat. Um, no, no chaser. So yeah, we're going to have fun. Mm-hmm. So before like we get dive into his stuff and like one segment we're going to talk about are just like hot topics for the week. But what a, what's your week been so far? Any highlights? What's what's been going on in the land of, of Will Carter? In the land of Will Carter. Well, uh, <clears throat> of course, I, I'm an advisor, a financial advisor, and that's all I'll say about what I do. Uh, but it started out. I was. Uh, this has been an exciting week. Uh, a lot of. A lot of companies were reporting earnings this week, and as a result, um, money was made. Money's been not not lost, but value's gone down. Uh, so it's been a it's been a week, as all weeks are in my life, full of ups and downs and vicissitudes and all that other stuff. But uh, um, I would say, however, though, I did go to a morning breakfast sponsored by the YWCA this morning, and there was a speaker there. And he talked on a subject that um, that's really important. Uh, the YWCA here in Lubbock is uh, about to venture into dealing with violence against women and girls. And having two daughters, uh, it really caught my attention. They had a speaker from Nashville that came in, an ex-NBA basketball player. His name was uh, Shane Fisher. Or, I'm sorry, Shane Foster gave a beautiful speech and a reason why, as men, we need to be concerned, every last one of us, about uh, protecting our, our daughters, our wives, our nieces, everybody, every female in our lives and other females, uh, because it's important. And he said something that was really impactful and, and, and uh, that put it, made it crystal clear. He asked his wife one day uh, how she felt about, you know, violence and, you know, and he'd be an ex NBA basketball player, was a tough guy, was raised by a dad that uh, uh, really forced him to be a man, uh, as he put it. Uh, he was playing football and got tackled and knocked the wind out of him. He started crying. And the coach runs out there and yells at him. Men don't cry. And he knew from that point on that being tough and masculine and all those other things was the mark of a man. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, his, 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 his wife told him that the fear that she has is equal to, she said, she gave this analogy, this comparison. She said, me walking down the street is the same fear you have as going to jail. And I thought about that. You know, jail ain't a friendly place to be. And for her to refer to it, her walking down the street, being similar to the fears that come up on a man when he's thrown in jail, really resonated. I said, wow. And then I thought about my two daughters and where they live and the things that they are exposed to and all this and that, um, that um, daddy wasn't there to protect them. And, uh, I, you know, when, when y'all were growing up, you, you, obviously I wasn't, I wasn't there. And that's part of the reason why 
I agreed to do this because uh, I was hoping to for us to become closer and and to which we've never talked about. Uh, and it's a painful subject for me to talk about. But yeah, uh, it is not the plan I had for my life. I always thought of myself as being a responsible, reliable man. And uh, to get sidetracked in the manner I did, uh, get sidetracked. Um, I look back at it, and there's a lot of there's a lot of anguish, you know. So this yeah. this, this is going to be somewhat cathartic for me, and I hope mm-hmm. for you too. And 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 maybe it'll help someone else uh, that that got caught up in circumstances similar to what our family went through. So. Yeah. Uh, uh, anyway, so that that's been my. I, I try to crowd my day with as much different activity, both uh, uh, mental and physical. Um, I just got back from the gym, worked out. I, I try to do that at least three to four times a week because it makes me feel good. Yeah. And I have this maybe this sacred notion that it'll let me live longer <laughs> or healthier. Put it like that. But uh, right. anyway. Uh, well, so. thanks for sharing that. Um, and I think like really, um, you know, on topic to what we're talking about. Um, and I know we're going to dive in deeper. And one, just thank you so much for even being like vulnerable to do it. Um, I think like right now, and we'll get into this more later. Um, but I think that that is something that's really powerful, especially like you one at your age and you being a black man, um, being able to share um, the challenges and the battles that you've had to like overcome, but seeing that you have overcome a lot of them and that we're really shaping a new path forward and building a relationship we don't have. We can't go back to like what we were, um, you know, we can't go back and rewind, but we can take the now and, and the future. So Thank you. But I guess for me, my highlight uh, for the week before we get all into it, um, I got my official job offer. Oh, congratulations, uh, baby. <laughs> so excited. I um, bet you are. How wonderful I'm that. so excited. I bet and you are. I feel good about it. I don't know when I'm going to start. I know it's it should be in February sometime. So for those we'll talk about it at some point, but, um, I've been with my company for two and a half years. I'm in marketing. I'm a marketing manager now. Um, and like during, it was just a, a definitely a, a walk with God for the past, like two and a half years in the role. And especially within the last year, as I was really wanting to make a per change and a progression in my career so that I can continue to develop and get new experiences and just get closer to the work that I feel like I was really wanting to do. Um, because before marketing, I was in finance. I didn't find fulfillment in that. So I went back to school um, to get my MBA so that I can make the the pivot. And then after that, and then going into a um, work and finding like, you know, meaning out of it. But then you know, kind of quickly, not quickly, but after a while seeing that it wasn't exactly what, um, by a long shot, what I immediately really wanted to do or initially wanted to do. So now this new role is exactly what I want to do. So I'm very excited. Um, you'll be proud. I did not take the offer at face value. Mm. I did not. Um, you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, they, I mean, 
that didn't I talked to some people, like some peers and then some people that I like respect in the company that are a little that been through the whole process before and just asked them. And typically it just doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of negotiation that happens. Um, but I looked at like the market value and um, long story short, like the company's paying me like better than the market. So I didn't really have that to play with, but there are some other things like one, their calculation was off. So I'm glad I just recalculated it and it was in my benefit. So I got a better offer. And then um, some finagling with the percentage increase because I was going to get a married increase anyway. So applying that to the um, the new base versus the old base. So anyway, I'm very, very excited about the work itself and um, the money, the compensation is just like a nice, good bonus. Um, but yeah, so that's that's my highlight. And then I have some exciting, well, not exciting, but I have some good plans for the rest of the week too. So like tomorrow, um, Apple is hosting some event where you get to make like your podcast music and your intro. So I'm doing wow. that. Wonderful. So um, that'll be, I'll add that onto, onto <laughs> the top of this one. And then... Um, Friday, I have a date, and then Saturday. Okay, um, all right. Okay. <laughs> another candidate. Different, different person. Yeah, whole okay. new candidate. And then, um, let's see. And then, yeah, Saturday, I think I'm hanging out with friends and going to this museum thing. So that's that's my week. So it's been a good week so far, and it seems like it's going to end on a good note. Well, yeah. Well, that sounds like that sounds like sounds great. Cheers! 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, well, you know, I, I I was you know let me finish that that last thought and I'll I'll get, I'll get off of it because it is it is a um, it's a, it's a uh, it's it's an uncomfortable thing to talk about violence against women. And, you know, while I was away, and I'll just say this, and because as I was sitting there and I was listening to this man speak about all of the importance of it, as well as what he personally went through in his own upbringing, you know, his mother was, 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 was uh, uh, abused, his grandmother was abused, and on and on and on, and practically every woman in his life, including his sister, so his sister, his grandmother. So you got three generations in his family of women that were abused. And as I was sitting there, uh, all I could do was thank God that in my absence, he protected my girls. Uh, I know that there's some things they've probably have gone through in my absence that would make me uncomfortable to hear. But for the most part, they turned out wonderfully well, beautiful young women. And I, I, can't, I can't say something. I, certainly, it's nothing I did. And all I can say is, thank God. I mean, when I, when I boiled it all down and, you know, look at it and say, well, what is the, what is the, the common denominator in all this? And the common denominator in all our lives is God. Uh, even though we went through some very difficult things that a family, golly, I don't, I don't think a Twilight Zone movie or, or episode equals what, what we went through because it, it, it was counter to everything, every plan, every, the way I was raised that I went through. 
And, uh, and then for us to, here we are 30 years later, to be able to have this conversation, we had to go through a lot to get to this point. Yeah. Um, so I am not, I am not, uh, I am, uh, I am totally grateful. Um, sometimes, you know, you, you try to reason and, and figure things out and I haven't got it figured out yet. I, I still, I mean, I still ask that big question why, but you know, uh, I guess one of these days I'll be old enough and wise enough to understand why, you know? Yeah. But, uh, anyway, Let's back to a lighter subject. Your weekend is going to be. <laughs> oh, no, because we have a, a episode to get to that, man. Uh, uh, you know, got to keep it light. Well, here's one thing I will say: when we need to change the subject, I will give you a cue. Okay, and that cue will be this: I like watermelon. That's for what? To change the subject yeah. when things are getting a little too hot and yeah. a, little, yeah. a little too right. sensitive? Okay. Yeah. I like watermelon. Yeah. You really going to leave with that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that changes the subject, doesn't it? <laughs> I like Popeyes. I like Popeyes. Yeah. Yeah, if you ask me something that is just, oh, it's just unbearable to answer, I will say, you know what? I like watermelon. <laughs> okay. You know what? I'm glad we're establishing these rules. Uh, I will. That's just an escape clause. I think it's, you know, it's uh, one of those things, you know. I like watermelon. Okay. That might be the name of this, this, <laughs> this show. <laughs> this episode. Um, okay, cool. Note it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. All right. Okay. So moving on to the next segment. Um, and obviously, this is like really sad. Um, but of course, Kobe, I'm sure you've heard about yeah. Kobe Bryant. Yeah. And it was really interesting because we were supposed to, or at least I thought we were supposed to, um, record mm. on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And um like you didn't have your phone or you didn't pick up. Like I called you like three times mm-hmm. and then like I texted you and I was like, Oh no. I was first, I thought you wanted to like back out from doing this. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, um, you know, something may have happened. Mm-hmm. And then you called me and you were just like, no, I'm not like y'all. I'm just not tied to my phone. Um, and then we like, you know, talked mm-hmm. about rescheduling it for today. Mm-hmm. And then like, as soon as I got off the phone with you, I go on my Instagram. Mm-hmm. Do you know what Instagram is? I don't. Of? I'm not. I don't have a Twitter account. I do not have Instagram either. But you're aware. You've heard. Yeah, I'm of aware. It. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. Okay. I'm trying to also assess how cool you are. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> um, oh, but yeah. So after I got off the phone with you, I naturally went to Instagram. And then I saw like a post about like Kobe Bryant, like mm. 41 and died in the helicopter. And then like more. And I just, I was just in complete shock. Like I almost feel like I might have like chuckled at first because it just seemed so surreal. It just seemed like so weird. And I was just like, this is a hoax. Like this isn't true. And then like I looked on TV and I saw and I was just like, oh, whoa. And then more and more information came out. And I don't know. I just felt very very heavy that day. Um, very sad. Um, then I started to think about like his wife, Vanessa and like the three girls and like the youngest and how she never really got to, isn't going to get to like really know her dad. Um, and 
it was just really sad. But then it also, I think, was just very interesting, like a serendipitous kind of timing based off of like what we already had planned with this mm-hmm. podcast and mm-hmm. even me like being worried, not hearing from you like for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for me, it just really has motivated me to know that I'm on the right path of getting to know you um, and spending this time with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause I don't want, you know, something to happen to you. And then like, I just, I don't know who you are. If someone asks like, Oh, what kind of guy was your dad? And then I don't have like a good answer to that. Um, and then like just him and seeing his affection, like with his daughters and like how much he poured himself into them. Mm-hmm. Um like, I think it, like if this didn't happen, like if we weren't on the this page or this space where we're at now, I could have easily um, been triggered by the fact of like, oh, well, I never had that experience, like, you know, something like that. But I think um, given where we're at now, I find like more comfort in knowing that like I'm excited about, you know, building the relationship that we have now. Um, so yeah, so it really hit me hard. Um, but then I think also like his life, his legacy is just so great. Like I'm not a huge basketball fan by any means. Um, but just like, I've been listening to like podcasts where he was interviewed on and like people have been posting like videos where he's like said things and like his legacy is just so great. Um, but it all just comes down. Well, not it all just comes down to, but a lot of it just comes down to him, like really just putting in the work and just being very disciplined and like right. pouring him, himself into the work that he loves. And, you know, I can't say that I've like, you know, I definitely can't say I've like done that in all aspects of my well, life or well, with let, every like well, role me, that I've had. Let me add this in a minute. I mean, cause you can't say this, but I can, yeah. I'm, I'm your dad. Okay. I love you. Um, you know, I mean, I know the circumstances that you were in. And for you to, throughout your education, I mean, that's your talent. You were, you've got a mind that, you know, I used to sit back and I used to think, I said, well, my God, you know, you know, I had none of those. I couldn't, I remember when I was growing up, it was Stevie Wonder. And I remember there was a young girl that she was, I was like, 10 years old and she was like 11 and Stevie Warner was on fire. He was playing fingertips. And I don't know if you know about 45 RPM records. And my sister had that, had a, a record player that would play that music. And, and, and she played Stevie wonder. That was the first record she ever bought fingertips. And he was just wailing away. And the girl said to me, she said, what kind of, he's blind and he can't see. And what can you do? And I thought about that. I, said, <laughs> I mean, I mean that, was, that was probably my first crush I ever had on a, you know, on a girl. And it's like, she, she compares, she takes Stevie one and says, what can you do? Stevie can do this. And he's blind. And I thought about that. And, and I relate that because I, I see it's so evident. I, I struggled with, so well, Will Carter, what's your real talent? My, you know, I, I'm still struggling with that, trying to figure out I can't sing, I can't dance, I can't do all this other stuff. But I, I can see that um, when they were talking about Kobe's dedication and what he did, uh, I mean, I'm not trying to say you're Kobe Bryant. What I am saying, you do have the same 
focus and concentration. You did it since you were a baby, You're, since you were a little girl. I remember your grandfather called me one day. We were talking. You must have been maybe three or four years old. And uh, I love your, your grandfather, your, your, your mother's your mother's dad. Uh, I used to call him, uh, you know, they call him Jack, call him Papa Russo, you know. And we would sit around sometimes and have a beer. And one night, he, uh, one day I called him because I was checking on y'all. And he said, he said, that, that little one of yours, she's, she is smart. <laughs> <laughs> now, I don't know what, I don't know what, uh, what, you know, but I mean, apparently you were playing with the piano and you were doing so many things. And you, and I came down to see you one time and you gave me this picture of this bowl of fruit that you, you, you drew and it showed the shadows and how the light was coming in and the shadows were on the table. And I said, my God, she picked up all of that. How, how, how talented. So you have that. And all through elementary school, junior high school, you always went to the, the school for the brightest and the best. And you are even this broadcast. I mean, this is an evidence of your dedication because me, I wouldn't even thought to do something like this, but I want to be closer to you. And it's your, your talent as well as your drive and your devotion and dedication that brings me here today to participate with you is um, I just want to see you at work. I missed all that. And, and this gives me uh, an opportunity to see you up close and personal, all the talent God has uh, gifted you with. So you may not be able to dribble a basketball, but you have your own, you you all, you have your sets sets of talents, you know, and, and, and it's just amazes me that you've not let anything interfere. You know, you said a long time ago when you were in junior high school, you wanted to go to Duke. I don't know if I you remember. Say that. You, I, I don't remember. I don't remember. I don't know why I wanted to go. Like I didn't even. There was no re, real rationale yeah, for yeah. me to want to go. Yeah, like yeah. there was no rationale. I think yeah. I saw like a ESPN cover or something, mm. or some magazine like a Sports Illustrated, like Uncle William had, and then they had like these three. I don't know if I just thought the basketball players were fine. I don't know what it was, but something just said like, yeah, I want to go to Duke one day. But I was too afraid to apply in undergrad for undergrad. Like I sent them my SAT scores, but I didn't like go through with applying. And I, I did that with a lot of schools. Like in in high school, I had like so much doubt, and I guess because like the high school I went to was like so hard, and everybody was so smart, and like I was taking like calculus bc like stuff that was just crushing my soul and crushing my mind and um i don't know i don't think i had like as much confidence in myself um in in my abilities like this what you're saying that didn't register like then and then even recently i mean like i have to get cut myself some slack and say like look you wouldn't be at the position you are if you were just like lazy and weren't you know focused and didn't do what you needed to do but at the same time I know that I'm not working nearly as hard as I could be like I feel like I've been like leaning in on my like natural talents more than I have been on like honing them and like taking them to like the next level and like really dedicating myself so that's my focus this year is to um 
I have like several phrases that I that go in my head, but <laughs> some of them are a little explicit, so I won't say it. But um, it's all around like having the courage to just put in the work, and I'm really trying to this year fall in love with the work and not just you know waiting for the the win. Um, but I want to like enjoy the challenges and the ups and downs of the work versus like feeling defeated by it or like bogged down and stuff. So I think that was one thing I got a lot from like seeing like some clips from Kobe, like one, he loved what he was doing. I think that was a big part. I feel like a lot of times this work that I've done for a paycheck isn't work that I've loved doing, but now it's like completely different. I'm in that space. So now that I have found the work that I love to do, and even with this, like I need to like love the actual work. And so I really invest myself in it. So that's where I'm at. I'm really just trying to change my mindset. Um, but thank you. Thank you for hyping me up. Um, you're a great well, hype man, I must say. Well, uh, <laughs> I didn't take you around on my date. You should just, I'm going to have you intro me. Uh, in front of my dates <laughs> before I walk in. Let's <laughs> give them the whole resume. Uh, well, you know, it, it might come off a little different and less less uh, less polished than this, but but no, I mean, I, I I'm a witness to the truth, and the truth is is that you know I I see what I went through. I mean, I went to college and graduated, and you know, and went to graduate school, and but I see what you've done, and it's like, oh my God, look at this girl. You know, I'm, 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 uh, I'm, uh, I'm, 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 I'm blessed that you're blessed, and I know that. So we'll leave it at that for now. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah. I always wanted to tell you, I, I'm proud of you, baby. I don't, I, I don't, I don't know if I've said that enough or whatever. Yeah. No, you've said it. Okay. But it's always nice to hear. That's yeah. good. Thank yeah. you. But I never knew you had doubts about yourself. You know, I always used to think you were a little. Oh, 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 I'm the queen of self doubt. Oh, I'm the queen of self doubt. I, I, I used to think. I, used to think, I, used I had to like think, a self doubt well, crown. No. Oh, please. Oh. I used oh to worry God. about you. I said, I said, baby, humility comes a little, you know, it can come hard. Oh, but, no. Yeah. Well, so uh, as long as you understand, there's a. There's the life is up and down, you know. Oh my goodness! Oh, oh yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh yes. Especially this past year. Ooh wee. Um, 2019 was a bitch, but anyway, (laughs) (laughs) um, it was. That's why 2020 we're on greener pastures. Well, Mm -hmm. started the year off very well, and I'm I'm congratulations for your promotion. Thank you. uh, I'm happy that. I, I know that you were, I, I think, I remember I made the mistake and I, I made a few mistakes with you and uh, especially in the advice category. I think <laughs> I think I told you, uh, the, one of the things I told you recently that, that uh, kind of set your, your teeth on edge, um, <laughs> I, I mentioned something to you about... Uh, about patience. Oh my God. I mean, <laughs> you just went bananas. I said, well, this little girl, she, all right, mama, go ahead. On. <laughs> go on I was out of place. I was I pretty mean, tunnel vision. Now that I've, I can I, see I, and I have air, I, I was, I was dead set. Cause I felt God had called me internally to be like, yo, you got to take this in your own hand and you just got to go. And I mean, and in the end, I did need to go through all that because had I not gone through 15 interviews prior to this 
you know, role. Right. Um, probably wouldn't have been as successful in the interview. And, um, you know, it was, it was pretty, it was difficult to, to remain patient, but it was a big lesson in that, you know, everything's in God's timing right. and had like some, like, and then some of these companies were just like stringing me along, like, like, just like, Oh, we love you. We, we need to figure this out. I'm just like, tell me. So anyway, um, had they given me an offer and, you know, especially considering the industry they were in, I probably would have taken it, uh, cause there's been more pay and other things, um, I don't know like what environment I would have been walking into. I would have had to deal with learning a whole oh, new absolutely. system of bullshit. And like, <laughs> you know, you know, I like all these things. And then like I wouldn't have been able to just like do my thing. But now, now I know, like I yeah. know my company yeah. and I I don't know. I think also God just started to give me signs like Q3, Q4 of last year right. that hey perhaps it's just the role and perhaps the overall organization isn't as bad as what you think it is. Cause then I started to get like invited to like leadership conferences and stuff and selected for like this and that. And then like employee spotlighty type stuff. And I'm like, what, like, where is this coming from? Um, but, and then I started to feel sad. I was like, Oh no, I actually do kind of like my coworkers. Like what if I do leave? So anyway, it all worked out and I'm just so glad it worked out. The role that I got is like phenomenal. So I'm, um, I'm excited. I'm excited. But yeah, you're right. You were right. It wasn't, you were right around the patients. (laughs) I was really relating to you. My first promotion, you know, um, I mean, I'd been with this company working in the oil field and went through, oh my God, I always, I kind of jokingly say I was the Jackie Robinson of the oil field. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was a mud engineer straight out of, uh, out of uh, Prairie View A&M. And PV? PV, go PV, yeah. <laughs> you look so good to me. <laughs> or, or, or the other slogan they have when I was graduate when I graduated is Prairie View produces productive people. So anyway, mm-hmm. I found myself uh, working in the oil fields, East Texas, if you can imagine, all kinds of stuff happening. You know, I, I mean, I had a guy pull a gun on me one time and I was like, oh, my God, what am I doing out here? And it, it just finally got to a point where it's like, I don't, I'm tired of this, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm wa- flying offshore in a helicopter, you know, every other week. And I'm out there with guys that probably took shop in junior high school and then dropped out. So, you know, you're, you're really working with, you know, some, some, some characters and it's like, oh man, this is killing me. So I started shopping around for another job and when got back to my, my boss and he asked me, he says, I understand you're trying to, trying to leave. I said, well, I'm, you know, no, that's not true. I kind of blew it off, you know, make light of it. And, uh, a few weeks later I started getting these calls and they said, well, Will, would you like to maybe go to new Orleans and you know, be a salesman? I said, yeah, you bet. Because that was the greatest job in the oil field, selling. selling. Yeah. And that didn't work out. And then I finally got an offer to work at the main office in Houston. 
And that's why I was relating the story to you about being patient. Sometimes, you know, we think that uh, God has forgotten us. You know, we think that he's not listening. And and sometimes we think he's a little slowful. But it is mm-hmm. it is it is us that are slowful. And and we need to Sometimes he doesn't speak to us. You know, he, there's silence there. We go through those mm-hmm. periods. And that's when sometimes doubt sets in. But, you know, I realized after all these years that, you know, uh, it's God's calendar, not our calendar. Right. That we work under. And so I was trying to share that with you because, I mean, I was looking at what you were there. You went through all, you know, you got to graduate Duke, MBA, da, 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 da. You know, two years, and I'm saying, baby, you know, you know, kind of don't don't jump the gun now. And you got, yeah. oh, you got scorching mad at me. <laughs> I was like, did I get scorching? Shut up, you old fool! You're not, you know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't want to know. know such thing. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to hear what you thought about what you what came to your mind, but it wasn't pleasant. I felt it. I was like. I said, all right. Hey, you, I, I prayed It was about my it. own internal frustration. And yeah. I think a lot of it also was what you shouldn't do is one thing I've had to learn like very vividly is to not compare your journey to others. Um, I will say it's really hard to do that though. When, uh, or it was hard for me to do that because I started with my peers whom I all love um, out of you know, start, we all started together graduating from our different business schools. And then, um, after a while, everyone had moved on to like the new role. And I was like, still in my role, which was one that I was, you know, wanting to get out of. And so, you know, then months would go by and I'm like, Oh, y'all are really settled in your new role. I'm just, I'm still here. (laughs) And then like, just even having like, like office speak, um, like people are like, you know, oh, what's going on with you? And oh, are you looking to move soon? And then like, I would always have to be like, oh, well, you know, I'm not really, um, you know, can't move yet and stuff like that. So that was just like really humbling. Um, it was really humbling, <laughs> very much so. And then, um, but in the end, everything worked out because I probably, I would not have, I mean, I, it, I had to wait you know, in a way to get this role, like in terms of timing, like it was only available when, you know, at the end of last year, um, had I moved on before, I just tried to move on for a role just for the sake of moving, I wouldn't have gotten this amazing one. So I like, I've had like comfort. And honestly, there are some things with the company organization wide that like, um, also need to be addressed. Um, I mean, I know that this was a great journey for me, but there are some things that, that I feel like, could be improved upon to where this doesn't, you know, necessarily need to happen again. Um, and I will be very vocal to like, make sure that I'm making it better for people that are like, would be coming in after me. So, um, so yeah, I mean, like, again, I'm, I'm very much so in peace. I'm very much so excited, but yeah, last year was a biatch and, um, I'm grateful for it being a biatch because now I just feel like one is like I'm very much in a even stronger place with God than I was at the top of last year so yeah man yeah so yeah keep coming with the advice don't get scared to invite you off because it'll sink in eventually it will sink in eventually 
I mean, I, 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 you know, one thing I can't do for you, there's two things I can't do. Um, I, I, I can, I, I will never try to discourage you or, or not be positive in your life, but I will always be honest with you. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, there's, uh, you know, there's, you know, life is life. You know, I, I had this, uh, I never, my ambitions in life were, were, were modest. And I, I thought I had went, you know, beyond a lot of folks I grew up with, uh, didn't quite make all the goals I set for myself, but certainly I went well beyond what I thought I would ever do, you know, I mean, you know, I started out as a uh, graduating from Prairie View and barely, you know, I say barely got through, barely got through financially. I mean, almost in my freshman year, I didn't have enough money to go back to school. You know, my mother called me and said, she said, well, Bubba, you, my nickname, my family nickname is Bubba. I don't know if you knew Bubba. Yeah. (laughs) I think I I knew that, but yeah. So mom. So, so mom says, you know, is you know, uh, you need to come back home so you don't have any money. And I said, I said, mom, if if I come back home, I'm going to, I'm going to get drafted. I'm going to Vietnam. I mean, not that I didn't want to serve. It's just, it's just that. No, nah, man, you don't have to sugarcoat it. No, I, I, no, no, I, no, I mean, <laughs> I mean, daddy was a, daddy was a sergeant, a master sergeant in the in the in the army. So I wasn't. Yeah. I mean, I lived on a military base, so I I, right. I kind of knew the life was like once you get to a certain level. But I so I wasn't afraid of that so much. It's just that I didn't want to go in as an enlisted man. I wanted to go in as an officer. You know, yeah. if I had to go. And mom said, "No, boy, we don't have any money." I said, "Well, what about the money I had in the bank?" You know, because I had worked all summer long and I'd saved working at, I was working at the post office. I took the shift that paid the most. I worked from 11 to 7 at the post office in the parcel post section the first year. The second year, I worked in the motor pool. But I mean, I worked those long hours and saved my money so I could have enough money because I knew they couldn't help me. Or, or, you know, I didn't expect them to help me. I mean, daddy did enough. I mean, I was a stepson. I didn't expect him to educate me. I just expect, you know, he just put it, he, he did me a favor just saying, you know, you can stay here. <laughs> oh, <cool. laughs> I mean, let's be honest. I you know, I, my, you know, that's just the way <laughs> you could stay here. Yeah. <laughs> be grateful. I mean, I mean, that's the way, that's the way I took it. I mean, he never showed that kind of attitude towards me, but you know, in fact, he was a great, he was a great dad and uh, I loved him, but I always knew in the back of my mind I wasn't I wasn't his, you know. So I it, it sort of registered like that, you know. It's it's different when you wake up and you're you know your old man is your old man, but uh, compared to you wake up and your old man is your is your stepfather, and not that he ever treated me like that, but I knew for I knew instantly that when I graduated from high school I had to make I was either army or college, and I struggled with that so. Um, mom called me, told me there was no more money. My money was gone. I thought she had made an error in her accounting. 
<laughs> I said, I said, I my mama. I said, no, mama, there's got to be some more money there. I know I put it in there. No, you, you got this. You got this. And mama, I know I didn't take that. And you know, and it, it happened to me several times after that. And I made a rule. I'll never put another person on my bank account. So anyway, anyway. Yeah. Oh, so I'm sitting there, uh, you know, and, and, and this is what I'm, I'm trying to relate to you a little bit. So I'm sitting there uh, in the Naval ROTC building and there's no more money. So I had to turn all my uniforms in. So I go over and uh, I'm taking my uniforms. I mean, it's a ton of them, you know, because I'm in Naval ROTC. So I got all these uniforms and I'm taking them to turn them in. And I go to uh, the, the su supply room where you turn your uniforms in if you're not coming back or whatever. And there was a, the captain who was in charge of the unit. It's Now, this is the first year of Prairie View A&M having a Naval ROTC unit. So you had freshmen and you had juniors, but you didn't have any other class. So we were the first two classes to start that. So I, I, I go in and turn the uniforms in and, Captain Brady sees me and he says, uh, what you doing? I said, well, I don't have any money to come back to school. And he says, uh, come on in my office. Let's let's talk. And so I sit down and he asked me some question. It was a vague question. He says, if you walk in a room that's dark, what do you see? Something like that. And I, I, I said nothing, <laughs> you know, but it was some kind of, it was something he was, I don't know. I, I, later on now, I understand what he was trying to check out, but anyway. And so we talked a little bit and he said, well, let me make a phone call for you. So he called Mr. Harmon, who I, his daughter and I became friends later on, just good friends. He called Mr. Harmon over at the financial aid department. And uh, he said, Mr. Harmon, uh, this is Captain Brady. Uh, I have a young man here that's very deserving, but he doesn't have any money to come back for the next semester. Can you help him? And he said, he told me, Captain Brady, he said, yeah, we can help him. Tell him to come on over and uh, we'll get him fixed up. So we talked a few more minutes. I left. Went over to the financial aid building, walked in, found Mr. Harmon, waved at him. He came over. He said, here, put your name, your address, and uh, where you live at home and a phone number, and that's it. And I did. I filled that. All, that's all the information he needed and signed it. And uh, he said, when you come back, come by here, and we're going to give you vouchers so you can eat in the, in the dining hall. And then when you check in for your classes, just show them these vouchers and they'll give you your classes. And at the dormitory, just show them this and they'll and they'll everything's cool. So that's how I got through school. Yeah. I mean, I was out of school. I was on my way. I kept seeing these visions. I was on my way to Vietnam. <laughs> but, <laughs> but but not that I was not that I didn't want to go. It's just that. I knew that there were some things that, you know, I wanted to complete before I went. You know, yeah. one thing was to get my commission in the in the military. So anyway, um, 
I came home that that week, that that day. I got home. Mom said, well, where's your clothes at? And I said, what do you mean? And she said, well, I thought I told you I didn't have any money for you to go back to school. And I said, yeah, well, I, I took care of that, you know. So, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, so that's how I got through school. But it was it was like in the eleventh hour that uh, I got the the assistance I needed to uh, to complete school. So I I knew all through school that okay, I was I was blessed to be there. I was blessed to have completed my education. And and you know, and I look at you, and it's like, oh my God, this is mm, history repeating itself my daughter, but so much smarter than her daddy. <laughs> Give yourself more credit, man. <laughs> yeah, I, know, I know, I know, I know. But anyway. you showed up on graduation. So of course I looked smart. <laughs> the struggle going through there. Please. Well, that's right. I, 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 I made your graduations, but you know, that's all that is. Which you I'm know. glad you did. Um, uh, but um yeah, no, there is. Mommy can attest to it. Ooh, calculus BC. Oh my gosh, I still have nightmares to this day. Even though I went to college, got my MBA, high school was the hardest educational experience of my life. Debakey in Houston, Texas, the high school for health professions was just hard. It was hard. Like it was hard, um, and so it really shot my confidence down. But in hindsight, like. I still graduated in the top half of the class. Ian, the class was pretty small. It was like 200 or so of us. Um, and not that that, again, that's kind of getting in the comparing lane, but like I survived basically. I survived and I survived some hard stuff. Um, and so um, well, it, it made me better. I'll make this comment about that and we'll move on after it. Cause I'm, I'm giving maybe praises to you here, but you know, no, keep on coming. You got to make up. So yeah. I, <laughs> well, I, I remember though. I remember this was kind of a humbling. You kind of knew where you were in life, but I, you know, cause I, I knew how smart you were. I knew how difficult it was to get into baking. I knew how much effort, you know, your mom played into making sure that you went to the right schools and junior highs to get qualified and took you to, you know, um, what is it? Those high school screening, whatever. And uh, I asked you, you know, when you were about to graduate, I said, well, I said, well, baby, you know, cause I knew any other high school, you'd been valedictorian. You know, if you had gone to high schools I went to, or your mom went to, you'd have been number one in the class. So I said to you, I said, well, baby, I guess you're going to be valedictorian. And you said back to me, no, Daddy, I'm smart, <laughs> but there's some kids in my class that are really smart. I said, wow. I said, well, Kathy finally found her place in life. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I had a doctor friend of mine the other day. I kind of shared this story with my doctor, and I said, um, I told him about you. I told him, I said, my daughter you know, graduating to Baker, he wanted to be a doctor. But, you know, I said, there was these, I don't want to try to be racist or anything, but there was these Asians that were just, you know, kicking her butt. And, uh, Not these Asians. <laughs> well, the one kid was from, it was from Vietnam, wasn't he? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it was um, Koi. 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 Yeah. And then so, uh, and Vader he was number was one. And then Iranian. Yeah. And there was another kid that was number two. So, anyway. Later. He told me, he said, you know what, Will? He said, a lot of those kids, they start off like that. 
But that's one part of their brain. They're good at that stuff. But when they go into medical school, it's a whole different situation. And he said, some of them don't make it. And I thought that was hard to believe. But he said, they don't become doctors because it requires, you know, it's one thing to know facts and memorize and all that kind of stuff to pass the test. But then when you get to application, that's where they fail. So you get to the second year of medical school. He said, a lot of them wash out. And I thought about that. I said, wow, maybe Kathy could have been number one in med school. <laughs> um, for the record, okay, I believe Koi and Nader are doctors right now. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, it's funny. A lot of people from high school to be doctors or nurses or something in the health field. Like even, you know, Jeremy, when I speak yeah. about Jeremy, my best yeah. friend, Jeremy, yeah. my brother, yeah. um, he's in like within the, I think he works Ooh, Jeremy's gonna kill me. Uh, we're gonna just keep his keep him anonymous, but just say he works for a really well known, really well respected hospital in um, Houston, and he does some um, amazing things there. But not like directly in terms of him being like a doctor or anything, but more in terms of like the business of the hospital. So. Um, but yeah, a lot of people ended up doing that. But in college, what happened just um, I was first going to do like pre-med stuff. And I think I took like honors biology because I was like in the honors college. So I was like, let's just take honors biology because biology was like my favorite science in high school. Which um, was compared to like, uh, <laughs> see, yeah. see I, I didn't even stick with it. So you got to give yourself credit. Like after that class, I was just like, oh, no, no, no. I don't see this anymore in my future. And so then I was like, oh, well, if I had a doctor's, you know, if I were going to be a doctor, then I would have my own practice. So then I needed to know business. So then that's how I ended up in business. Um, and then I think you had a conversation with me about like finance and accounting. Well, and I just I like, see, well the, the, thank you for remembering. Yeah. And I remember one, that. And I resisted it and I did it anyway. <laughs> no, but see, you know, it's just like this last promotion you got. You have resisted everything and every bit of advice I ever gave you. I said, baby. But I always come around to it now, don't I? (laughs) What did I say? I said, baby, I said, look here, let me tell you something. I said, you know, you you need to get something solid where you can get, you know, a job in any company in America. I said, I I said, finance and accounting and throw in a little bit of economics and you're golden. And you said, I don't want to do that. I want to do marketing. I said, oh, 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 God, don't do that. You got it in reverse. <laughs> do the hardship first. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And then you got your experience. And I guarantee right now you can do a lot of things that some of your peers that went through the marketing, state marketing, never picked up an accounting book in their lives can't do. You can evaluate, you can audit, you can look at a balance sheet and you understand it. And you can market. Can I? <laughs> and you can market it. So, I mean. Can I? <laughs> yeah, yes, you can. And you can market it. So, I mean, you can do you, every aspect of business you've got covered. Yeah. So I hope you took a little bit of economics. Did you take economics? Oh, yeah, it was a. Pre- I had to. It was like a core. Like, well, then there you go. You're, you're, well, you're fine. You're you're great. You're in you're in good shape. Um, I think we're 
this is not an ad for you, by the way. This is just dad and daughter. Yes, no, for sure. I mean, honestly, when we talk about the purpose, one of the we'll we'll talk about that'll be like a yeah. yeah. Anyway, we'll we'll get into that. But anyway, so let's okay, let's take like a moment. I'm gonna let's just take a moment, give the listeners a little pause, listen to a little little jazzy music in between, and then we're gonna come right back to get into a little bit more of like who we are our journey, and why we're doing this. So we'll be back. We will be back. Welcome back to Father Figuring. So for the remainder of the episode, um, we're going to talk a little bit more about the purpose, like the why. The why we're here. I think in the first half, you guys got like a little bit of a sense of who we are, but that'll continue to develop as the episodes go on. Uh, but now I just really want to focus in on like why we're doing it. Um, we'll get to all the the juicy details of our journey in other episodes. <laughs> um, but in terms of me, like I came up with the idea. Um to do this. Um, and like I said, it was lit. I don't know if you know this dad, that like literally this past Sunday, the fourth Sunday of January of 2019, um, I got baptized for the very first time ever, I didn't know that. which was, Wonderful. um, a really big deal for me. It was at the church that, um, I took you to when you visited in Harlem. And, um, I think at that point, like I had just, I guess I was, I was 30. Um, I had started to like, you know, be out and about after a breakup <laughs> from the prior year, which we'll talk about on the Valentine's Day episode. So anyway, uh, <laughs> um, so with that, I was just at a space where I was just knowing that I just wanted, I needed something new and I needed to get closer to God in terms of like the life that I felt like I wanted in front of me. And so got baptized and I still wasn't really trying to talk to you or anything after that, but that that was, I think, a huge catalyst into this. And then um, like some Sundays later, like a couple, I guess like a couple months later, that next month I went to church and uh, the pastor's wife was talking about like her um, relationship with her father and how it was like you know a kind of strained, absent relationship, and it was like it was just like God was speaking to me. Like she was from Houston, like they all these different things and elements in the story that kept triggering within me. And so anyway, even after that, I still didn't like call you or anything. Um, but then it was your birthday and I remember I was leaving Vegas for a work trip and I was like in the airport and I was just like, let me just call him. I was like in a really good mood. I was like, let me just, let me just call him. And we had, I think it was like our longest phone conversation that was actually like a really like pleasant and like good and like solid conversation. And, um, it was like 27 minutes. I looked at it. I was like, that was a long time. How long did we talk? And I was like 27 minutes. So that tells you how long we usually talk on the phone prior to then. Um, and so we made plans to like hang out. You were going to come up and see me sometime in the summer. 
We did not know it, but it ended up just being because I had like some weddings and some other activities at the weekend that you had to come ended up being Father's Day weekend. But I don't think we realized that like at the time where we were booking it or anything like that. It just kind of was like, oh, yeah, it's Father's Day weekend. So um, then you came up and we had a I had a great time. I had a great time. Um, I'm sure like I got irritated at certain points, but that's just my natural thing. So don't, I I was like, I hope he doesn't take offense to that. I would get irritated with mommy too. But, (laughs) um, (laughs) but yeah, like I had a great time with you. We, we had some good cocktails. We had some good food. And I think more importantly, like we just, um, just, I just got to know more about you. Like you started talking about like work and I felt like, in terms of like corporate, I've, uh, there's, I, I haven't felt like there was anyone in the family that could give me like perspective on like being in like corporate America. Like mommy's a teacher, um, who, and Jackie, I don't know. I know she was probably the closest, but we didn't talk about that. Um, so it's just good to like hear about you and your journey, um, from like your engineering oil field days, et cetera. Um, especially as I was like really feeling bogged down by like, and, and my prospects for work. So that, and then like guys, like, and I think like, even like our first night I remember, cause I was, you know, first it was like nerved up. Cause this is like our first time really hanging out with one another, like solo, like usually either Christina or mommy's there. Christina's my sister, uh, my older sister, um, so usually they're there. So it's usually never like one-on-one time with me and you. And this is kind of like the first time where it's going to be pure one-on-one time. So I remember the first night I was just like, you know, I just want to set the precedent that I'm an adult. <laughs> I'm 30 and that I want us to build a relationship as we are now. And, you know, um, you see me as an adult and I see you as like the 60 I guess at the time, 68-year-old, 69-year-old that you were. Um, and, yeah, I felt like we you, you, you respected that, and I feel like that was, like, the tone. And so, yeah, so fast forward, I don't know, like, where the idea – I think, like, I always wanted to kind of do a podcast, and I had no idea, like, what the topic would be about. And then, I don't know, something just kind of hit me, like, well, what if you do it with, like, your dad? And um, – one thing that really even solidified it, I was like, you know, he is pretty marketable. Because <laughs> you, you look good. Um, I remember I'll post, I'll post a picture of you and my friends are like, ooh, cat's daddy. And I'm like, that's gross, but it's okay. I'd rather you be like attractive than like a hot mess. So I'm fine with that. Um, but yeah, and then like even when we were at the jazz club, so okay, so story time, people. So we were at this jazz club I took him to in like the village, and we sit next to this Australian couple, this older Australian couple. They're over here on holiday, like about to just travel to different cities. And so I'm next to the husband, and my dad's next to the wife. And like we're drinking and stuff. And then I look over and I swear, you don't remember this, but I swear she like grabs her hand on your chin and starts like touching your beard, which I thought was so gross and inappropriate (laughs) to like whisper in your ear something. And then, so you're getting hit on by her. And then the husband who's next to me, like leans in my ear and it's like, well, your dad may be attractive, 
but he has nothing on you. I was just like, this is, this is gross. We should not be getting hit on at the same time. And didn't you say when I went that some girl sitting next to me was like giving you the eye and she was like my age that was like next to me. Did you say uh, that? Oh, I, I just, I just said, I think she was, she was, what did she, she was trying to hit on me too. I, you know, I don't know. That, that, that sounds know. Just, just used to it. Just used Whatever. to it. Well, <laughs> I'm out with my daughter, so you know that is not the kind of the appropriate behavior for a senior citizen. <laughs> yes, you are a senior citizen. <laughs> Let's remember that, okay? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but right. with that, I, I kind of it crossed my mind that you, you know, we we have beyond our looks, you know, which are there, mm-hmm. uh, we have pretty good personality. And, um, yeah, then I was just like, I approached you about it. I'm very glad that you were pretty open to it. I didn't know what to expect because this, I knew you knew that this would mean that you'd have to like open up and get vulnerable. Um, so I'm just really appreciative that you are, cause I think there's a lot of power in that. But in terms of like, I guess that was the kind of the journey for me to get to the podcast, but I guess like in things that I want to get out of this. I think I've stated this a whole bunch as one is just to like, get to know you. I want to spend like time with you and what better way to do that than like having to do a show every week or so. So I think it just adds the discipline and us, you know, getting to know each other. Um, I think ever since, like I felt that like, even since our call in April and especially after the trip we made to New York, um, I've just felt like a lot lighter. Um, I felt like I haven't, I didn't have to carry like this heaviness. And then even like, I knew another motivation was like Christina's wedding. So my older sister got married last year to a great man. Um, And even just thinking about that wedding leading up to it, like I didn't want it to feel like not joyful. Like I didn't want to feel bogged down or feel like I had to like carry this like resentment in there. Um, I wanted it to really be um, a a time of peace and celebration and all that. So I think that that was also like a motivation for me to, to heal as well and to really like forgive you and see you as a human. Um, so I think that's all like internal reasons, but some external reasons is that, I mean, I think this is a conversation that really needs to happen. And I hope that we can inspire other people um, to maybe have the conversation or to make the first step and to move in the direction of healing relationships, whether that's with the daughter, son, father, whatever. Um, Because I think in society, there's a lot of, there's the narrative, especially like black men, like, oh, the absent father and the black community, the black people or will never get ahead because of the absent father and stuff like that. And I mean, I think that there's, again, definitely strong validity in terms of that being an issue. Um, but that's usually like the main story. And then on the opposite end, then there's the stories of like, oh no, look at all these perfect black fathers. They do exist. And again, I do think that there's validity and validity in showing that like there should be people to look up to and to aspire to, to show that there are these examples um, that don't necessarily get seen every day in the media, et cetera. But then it kind of just leaves you like with two options when black people are, we're, we're, we are way more 
complex than that. And we owe it to ourselves more to show more of our stories um, than just having those two like tropes to fit into. And so part of this, knowing that we are moving kind of from one bucket to another, from one extreme to the other, um, I just think it's really powerful in us sharing our story um, to start carving a new narrative of like, you can actually have, you can take today and you can actually kind of move things from your current position into the position and start moving the way you want to, even though it's, it's really hard and it's a long time coming, but when you're ready, um, you can do that. So I think that that was something that, um, as to like why I would want to go public with this. Um, cause we could have had these conversations just on the phone and like recorded by ourselves and I could have just kept them. But I think that that would be not what God would want. He, I think he wants us to use the sources of pain as a one, as a testimony and then two to inspire maybe other people just as I was inspired from hearing my pastor, the pastor's wife at church that day. Um, so that's one. And then I think another thing that I think is super important is, um, I don't know how dialed in you are, but I feel like there is a slow but surely, slowly but surely, a budding movement of like black male vulnerability. And um, I think that often black men and men in general, and then black men especially, just aren't, like you were mentioning with the guy, the speaker um, that you heard today. And he was saying that like his dad made it seem like he couldn't cry. And his dad was just like, you got to do this to be a man and like defining men by being like anti vulnerability or anti emotion and stuff like that. When that's not healthy at all. Like life is just way too like rough and tough to just be going around and like not, you know, expressing or feeling emotions. And so I think that you sharing this and getting vulnerable, I think will create or hopefully help inspire other people, especially males, black males to maybe, you know, tap in and to get vulnerable and to start conversations as well. And I do think that I feel like, I feel that we're moving in that direction, but I think that this could be just a part of that as well. And then let's see, what else did I do it? Um, I think lastly, it's just like, I, I, I like to talk <laughs> and I feel like, uh, from my friends and stuff. And like, I feel like the feeling or I see them smiling a lot in my presence. And so I feel like I, a part of my calling is to make people feel like lighter and to share my like effervescence and stuff. So I think this kind of really allows me to have a creative outlet, um, and really get to like express a part of me that I think um, God has equipped me with that he wants me to express. So, and I think that's also why I'm like excited about my new role is that I think it aligns more with like allows me to express my creativity, which um, I haven't been able to. Um, well, I definitely didn't in, in finance. Um, but yeah, so those are, those are, those are all the things, um, who knows what this can end up as. I mean, it could just be me and you listening to it with Christina and mommy and toe, or it could be something that is like bigger than what we could ever expect. I don't really know, but I think at the core of it, like I'm getting to spend time with you and I'm getting to know you. And if we could like help somebody else in the process, then I consider it a win. 
so so why did you do this? Why? Well, why did you do? Yeah, this? why did I do it? Well, yeah. there's, there's, I mean, there's um, there's just there's only a one I guess one major reason why I am uh, doing this. You know, and, and I'll, I'll say I was nervous about it. Yeah, because it it does put you in a in a very vulnerable mood uh, or mode as a as a man. You know, you're 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 allowing yourself. But I as I, I see the care and the thought you've put into this whole process, and I trust you. Um, it's you know it's a matter of trust too yeah. on both ends. For sure. Um, so. When I when I when I first agreed to it, I thought about it and I said, "Well, you know, off the top, it gives me an opportunity to get to know you better. That's no problem, you know." And what happened in our family is a special story, and it's too important a story not to be shared. Mm -hmm. Um. Because if I failed to agree to do it, I mean, I thought about writing a book. I thought about bringing a ghostwriter in and writing a book. I wrote a manuscript years ago, and a friend of mine read it, and she thought it was obviously needed a lot of work, but she saw it as a marketable story. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> We got to talking about the business end of it, and it was like some sort of split. And I said, "No, I said I can't give my." I said, "This is what I thought about." And this was this was five years ago, six years ago, maybe. I said, "This is my children's legacy." I said, "I can't." I mean, I give, I've given everything else away, and I didn't know that God would bless me and my business would take off and this and that. I didn't know any of those things would ever happen because at the time it was just. Me and my dog, and uh, I. But I knew that the story had value to it, and I wasn't about to let someone else profit off the pain my family went through. Yeah, and this is their legacy. But I didn't know. I mean, when when you called me the a few months ago or a month ago, and you said, Daddy, I got this idea, da 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 The first thing that clicked in my brain was that this is it. Mm. This is how God is going to put the story out. You know, not let somebody else come in and write it and we split it and this gets what homogenized and not told in the proper manner or this and that. Yeah. Here, here, here it's in the control. It's in my talented daughter's hands. It's her legacy. Whatever she makes of it, whatever she comes of it, it's in her hands. And that's the way I wanted it. To be that's the ideal circumstances for it to for all this to play out is that it's a family affair mm-hmm. and my daughter who has the talent the education the smarts to put it all together she should be the one not some someone else not a distant friend not a stranger but she should be the one to Produce it, 
whatever value it has, she has the creativity to 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 put put it out there and whatever comes of it, so be it. Mm-hmm. Praise God. But it's it's your project. It's not it's not it's our legacy. It's it's our, it's our story, and it should be handled by um, someone within the family that has a talent to do it. And you have that talent, no doubt about it. So you know whatever comes of it, it's yours. It's our family. Uh, it is. Uh, there's a lot of pain. This this is not a this is not a fiction. This is not a novel. This is stuff that really happened. When you get caught up in the spiritual aspects of of life, and you believe in God with your whole heart, and you devote yourself to that to that mission, and how it how it how it tears a family apart, and then it's not made up. It's all real. It's something we lived, and uh, by the grace of God, here we are, and we'll see. You know how it all, like you said how it all winds up and how it's accepted, rejected, received, uh, whatever. But uh, you have that talent. I've waited. I was waiting. I didn't know who I was waiting on. (laughs) I didn't know. I I had no idea it was going to be Kathy Carter. But it's Kathy Carter. Because I've waited, and I've I've had an offer, and I turned it down, and I tried myself, and I didn't have the talent to bring it bring it to this fruition to this point. And then when you called, it was like, oh, okay, God, that's how you're going to do it. Kathy's going to do it, so it's not a stretch for yeah. me to be sitting here and sharing this story because now the time is right. Now the story is complete. Yeah. And now it's ready to be told. And this is the means by which God has chosen to do it. I believe that. So success is guaranteed. Mm-hmm. And we'll just leave it at that for now. Yeah. But uh, anyway, well, thank you, darling, for uh, um, putting your talents to work on this project. And. Uh, seeing something that I've seen all along, but I had no idea it was you. I just, I kept waiting. I mean, it's the manuscript, the copy, which is terrible, is (laughs) been sitting in my desk drawer in my, in the, in the study for the past, I think I've been carrying that thing around since 1997. So that's three, that's 23 years. It's been written. And sitting there, waiting for the author, the proper talent, and that's you. Well, now it's got to be updated. We got a lot of updates to add since. Oh well, yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right, right. (laughs) When I wrote it, it was just the beginning, and now. It, you know, we'll bring it to a final conclusion because I knew it Honestly, this still feels like just the beginning. It's a whole new beginning for us, quite frankly. Um, for you and I, yes, it is. Mm-hmm. For you and I, it definitely is. Darling, you look beautiful. Thank you. I have no makeup on, so thank you. <laughs> well, what's that oh, and I beauty? do. I worked out. I worked out today too. I worked out. Today oh, did too, you? So oh, we're good. Yeah, we're sure good. In I fact, see your University of Houston. Yeah, I'm gonna try to do my. 
Yeah, I got my U of H shirt. Actually, this is Christina's. I stole it a long time ago. Oh, okay. um, it's, it's legal. It's now mine. It's now mine. It's yours. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, this was great. I mean, there was like, we'll have the other episodes, listeners, if you're still here, thank you. Uh, <laughs> but um, the other episodes, we're going to have like some other things and components, but I think like we've, I loved how the conversation kind of went today. I think hopefully you got a sense of like kind of who we are, our personalities. I mean, granted, you'll listen and you'll get to know us more and more. Um, I know we've kind of alluded to our journey and how it's been a challenge. So we'll definitely be taking a peek in other episodes of like what that looked like from different aspects. And then sometimes it'll just be fun. So um, again, thank you guys for listening. Uh, before you go, uh, we'll be back, I think, next week. Same time, same place. I kind of like Wednesday because it's like you're kind of like my midweek kind of hype man session and kind of like helps me like, you know, make the most out of Thursday and Friday and the weekends. Yeah. I kind of like the Wednesday setup. Um but yeah, so we'll be back next week. And next month, of course, is Black History Month. And I think you've kind of already like alluded to some things, but um, you live in Lubbock, Texas. Mm-hmm. So you're probably one of the few Black people <laughs> that live in Lubbock, Texas. It's a small community, you know. Even smaller Black community, you know. It's so. quaint. It's real yeah. quaint. So not beyond just Lubbock, but you, I know you've talked about you living on like a military base and being like the black family there all the way to then like having a, you know, being around like a lot of white people growing up, but then going to prayer view where you get the opposite situation and then going into oil fields where you get your back into the, so yeah, we will be diving in on you as black man as Will Carter navigating all these very different spaces and um, how you've kind of navigated you and your identity knowing that you had to morph in order to, you know, excel in some of these areas. So I think that that'll be a really interesting topic to dive into. Um, And I'll have lots of questions for you. Ready to go. All right, baby. I look forward to it. And this has been cathartic. (laughs) Yeah, same, same, same. Definitely. I did. If you told me this would have happened, like, even like three years ago, two years ago, I'd be like, you are lying. Well, I knew you were, I knew, I knew when we were at your sister's wedding, Christina's wedding, when you came and you sat next to me, I knew, I said, my baby's back. You know, um, yeah. and I have my, you know, we will get into that now, but, you know, um, my baby's back. You're my baby. I love you. And, love you uh, too. We'll talk to it. We'll we'll be talking again real soon next Wednesday, right? Yeah, I think so. We'll, we'll, okay. Let's just make sure. But yeah, I think next Wednesday is okay. Yeah. Or Thursday. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Because then I want to post it by Friday. So yeah, let's do Wednesday. Yeah, right, right. We'll we'll do CP time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that works. That's, that's my cup of tea. My cup of tea. Okay, baby. All right. Well, thank you all for listening and join us next week uh, for the next episode. And be sure to subscribe, 
Tell your friends. Follow us on Instagram, Father. No, yeah, Father.figured. I will get the other social media channels up as well, but be sure to check us out. Bye. That was a lie, y'all. Um, the Instagram handle is at father.figuring. Figuring. So that's at father.figuring. So thanks again. Bye, y'all.